Who's ready to rub off in the bullpen? In the bullpen. Oh, I'm ready to welcome you all to From a Certain Point of View, a Wooden Bull Films podcast. I'm Hayden Woodhead. I'm one of your hosts today as we tackle all things film and television related and all things that influence us and interest us. And as always, on the other microphone, my wonderful, incredible, incredible. always incredible co-host, Mr. Fantastic! <laughs> what an incredible host. Thanks, bruv. Sup, man? Oh, man. You know. You know, I'm getting a little bit of a second wind here. That's hey, exactly what I like. I could have slept. I could have slept at like 5.30 today. PM. I probably could have. For the night. But I couldn't, because I had to be here with the bruv and the people listening, because they want to tune in for another episode. Another great another episode. episode. Uh, how was the last last episode with Shao? That was fun. It was. Yeah. That's a good time. Uh, What's that? I was just going to say, going through the timeline edit of that, it was Shao <laughs> Talk, Justin Talk, <laughs> little sprinkle of hate in the <laughs> hey. I'm fine with that. Every now and then I don't have to talk a lot. So, <laughs> You know, uh, when you're something as sweet as you, you can't have too much, you know? That's why you don't have too much sugar on something. It's just a little sprinkle of sugar, a little sprinkle of salt, you know? Just to f- wrap everything up neatly. No, that happens with Shao and I. Sometimes we get it going. Um. And actually, lucky for you people, if you enjoyed it, because we ended up having to cut a lot of that out to fit the episode into a certain time length that we wanted. So for our listener question today, uh, this week, we're going to use the one we recorded with him, which was actually his question that he sent to us what feels like eons ago now. So yeah, we're going to do that for y'all. Um, if you want to send us a listener question yourself for a future episode, you could uh, hit us up on Facebook at From a Certain Point of View, Instagram From a Certain Point of View podcast, Twitter From a Certain PO1, and our fancy schmancy Gmail that we can't wait to use From a Certain Point of View podcast at gmail.com. So we got that coming up for you today, folks, and we're going to talk about what we've been watching as we always do, some trade talk. We got some trade talk today. And um, if we have time, uh, because some news came out about somebody uh, losing their job over at Disney+, Plus, which we will bring up in trade talk, but uh, we want to, if we have time, talk about what people call the cancel culture. If not, we'll just do some speed quotes and then get to Rachel's review and do a whiskey shot. But don't worry. If we don't have time in this episode, we 
we'll do the cancel culture discussion on a future episode because I think it's a good one. I think it's important. Uh, and there are a lot of opinions about it on both sides. So it's it's a good conversation one. So we will definitely, definitely get to that if we don't get it to that, get to it on this episode. So that's that. That's what's coming up. So stay tuned. Um, Hayden. What yes, you my been man. Watching? What you been watching? This I've been watching this previous week. I've been going off the last episode, folks. I was I was going off about shows that I was going to try and finish and watch. Um, I think I did. I think I did pretty good. And Justin gave me a really good tip, folks, on what I should do when I watch a show. He's like, write it down. That way you won't forget. <laughs> did I write it down? No. And I forgot. So I only know a couple of things that I've watched in this last couple of weeks. And I know a few things that I've wanted to watch, but I haven't got around to yet. But um, Superstore was one of the shows that I was sort of on and off watching, but that was more of an Alex show. She was kind of watching it while this was happening, while we were podcasting. Uh, so I maybe saw 20 episodes of the whole like show. And the the other day I was kind of like, to be continued. And I was like, was that the last episode of the most recent season? And she's like, yeah, I think so. And I'm like, oh, what? Already? Dang. Ugh. So, because I was really getting into it. It was one of those shows where I thought it was like, oh, you could just pick it up and you can. But then there's also like quite a good, like as it got in, I was like, oh, there's quite a good story here. Like an overarching, like all those good short of, short of those good sort of comedy shows will do slow, that. Slow it down. <laughs> slow it down it's, it's the first it's a, 10 minutes and i've already forgotten how to talk yeah. it's gonna be you're one of those excited. days you're getting you're excited, excited though that's a good sign i was i've been looking at that one a few times Haven't it's a fun it one mm-hmm. it's it's a good one the the characters in it are very unique and hilarious in their own right so that's what i was like it's good it's got each distinct character time like this is a good one so nice. that was that one. Um, then Shameless is a show that I got introduced to through Alex as again. Uh, she introduced me to a lot of good shows, but uh, I didn't get that one from the start. I think I got it from like season four or five and then I kind of watched it through there. And then again, I didn't get to see every one. So I was always like, what's happening with them? What's going on with them? What like who's And so I got the feeling, but then, uh, the last like couple I've been watching every episode, and then the season ten just got launched on to Netflix the other day. So I was like, "Sweet new Shameless, let's get on that." And we've already watched like three. I think we watched like three in the first night, which is you nice. know that's three hours of television that you shouldn't be watching that late at night. But we did it anyway. We do it for you, people. Yes, <laughs> I know. So I don't sleep, go to work, <laughs> and then I can talk about it online. Yeah. Online, on air, <laughs> oh boy. anywhere, anywhere <laughs> I want, anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> and the last one that I'm going to get to very quickly is a show that Mr. Fantastic wanted me to watch. You did it. You did it. I have a guess. Are you caught up? Are you up to date? No, I'm not. Oh. I kept falling asleep. You're talking about Juan Vision? 
I am talking about Juan Division. <laughs> now I'd only yeah. seen like the trailer of it, and I was like, I like what they're doing, but I don't know exactly what they're doing. So watching the show, I was like, what the heck is going on here? Uh-huh. And then you just got to keep going. And I was like, it's, it's this, and I'm not going to say anything for the folks that want to watch it. So no spoilers here, but there's a little bit of info that's given every episode. Unless Justin wants to spoil it a bit. And then therefore, this is a spoiler warning, folks. Don't listen for the next five minutes. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to know. I want I don't want to spoil it because you're not caught up. But if we were caught up, I'd want to talk about what happened at the end of the last episode because anyways. I watched I watched it in inverted commas. I started it. I did not see the end of it. Yeah, it's it's the last two seconds. Yeah, and then but, oh, we'll there's a new episode that comes out tomorrow. So i like I'll probably watch it after we record tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh but uh that that show was the return of the moist mustache. Uh, but it was slightly altered. See, normally I used to crash on the couch on the side and therefore the drool trail would go down the mustache, hence <laughs> the mustache. Now we've got a different couch and different living room set up that I always sit on the edge of the couch so that I don't fall asleep. It doesn't work <laughs> you sometimes. Just, you just fall off the couch now. No, no, like I'll be sitting with my, my elbows on my knees and literally just like a waterfall just down my chin all through my beard onto the ground and Alex just like kills herself. She's like, do you know how much you just drooled? I was like, no, I was asleep. She's like, a lot. So no longer a moist mustache. It's moist beard. So um Alex, could you please put a bucket under him next time he does that so we can see <laughs> see the amount. <laughs> see the amount. <laughs> so yeah. Then, yeah. And then the next time we do a um our next mug, because we've got another one we're gonna give away sometime. Mm-hmm. We could actually send it. No, I'm not going to go there. No. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I was so like amped to get through all the episodes of WandaVision so I could be like, hey, man, I'm all caught up. But I fell asleep during that last one. Uh, that's all right. Um, I'm going to grind your gears a little bit just because I was really excited because it was such a moment and I'm still not sure how I feel about it, even with like the $71.8 billion reveal. Ooh, there's a little, there's a little clue. You would never be able to figure it out. Uh, (laughs) Just looking at Hayden now, trying to rack his brain. Um, Yeah, I'm still underwhelmed with everything. Even though when it happened, I was like, oh. But I still don't know. I don't know. I'm, I come and go with it. They sort of like leave a little bit like to keep my interest, but then maybe it's going to be like Shit's Creek. Maybe I need to give it seven episodes. Yeah. Seven tries. Well, I was I was kind of trying to wrap my brain on all the characters that they were bringing back because I even watched the Marvel Legends or whatever it is to get mm-hmm. a recap of the two characters. But I'm like, there's like, well, not those two characters have only been in 
the, like the second half of the first 10 years of Marvel or whatever. Yeah, they came in in the second Avengers, right? Yeah, but I'm still like, one of the characters is from the second Thor movie, I think, and I'm like, that's a while since I've seen that one. Cat Jennings' character, whoever the, the computer scientist like girl, and I'm like, mm-hmm. it's like, wait, 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 who are all these characters? What's going on here? They all obviously, I'm like, they they're somehow connected, but I'm like, it's been I really got to watch through those. Fun side fact for those folks that have Disney Plus, I just saw and I thought it was a really cool feature. They have all the Marvel films on there, right? But they give you an option to watch them in chronological order. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I've got to do that. I've got to watch these films in the order that they take place in the movie universe. So I was like, I've got to do that. That'd be real cool. That'd be a real fun thing to do. That is still 20 odd films, but. You do one a night. Yeah. One a night. Do it in 21 days. There you three go. Weeks. Three weeks. So in three weeks' time, folks, ask me. Send us a tweet or a Facebook message or an Instagram post or an email and ask me how many Marvel films I've watched. Yeah. See if it's one. <laughs> See if it's one, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I've been watching at the moment. Um, I'm sure there's something else in there that I've totally forgotten about. I was still watching that Call My Agent, but I, I kind of stopped at that when I started watching WandaVision. So hmm. now I'd be juggling between those two shows. But what about you, man? What have you been watching? I hear it's quite a lot. Well, well, I uh, watched Harry Potter Twa, uh and The Prisoner of Azkaban. That's Harry Potter 3. For the second or the third, fourth, fifth time? Oh. <laughs> well, since we started watching them a month or two ago, this is the second time we're going through them. So, so watch that. Uh Finished off Shit's Creek. Um, did you finish? Did you finish it? I did finish it like yeah. a while ago. Yeah, I, I knew you were watching. I didn't know if you finished it. Uh, I liked at first. I don't. I don't know if it was just because I was disappointed that it was done. But when it ended, I was sort of like, oh, like like it was good, but it wasn't like whoa. Like I felt like Modern Family. Like I don't know. I I felt like whoa like i really liked it and i sort of didn't have that same feeling even though i liked it but i didn't have that like oh my gosh it was so good but then later like today because we finished it last night which is would have been wednesday um i was thinking about today and i was just like talking about it with kate and i don't know about how you felt but i loved where every character ended up like the direction they were all going. Like I loved, I I really liked that. I thought they did a really good job of that, even though like they didn't show, but they didn't need to. It was just like this story was over and their, their next stories were beginning. So I was really happy with, with that and the choices. Um, And man, like just some of the episodes, I just was like so impressed by because it's a comedy, right? But they, that when they dealt with like some of the, like Patrick, for example, when he comes out to his parents, I was like, 
you know, to have like to plunk something like that in a comedy that is very moving and powerful and really well done. I thought it was really, it, it was really tasteful. And, and then at the end, you know, they put the little thing up if anybody's struggling, coming out or talking about things or, or whatever it is, like they have a number that you can call. So I thought I like, I really like all the little extra things they add to the show because it's hilarious, but then they have, they have stuff like that. And, and, you know, they use the humor and the comedy and all that to draw the audience in. And then they're, they're able to also get across um, these messages, if you want to call it that. So mm-hmm. sad to see that one go. Uh, how, did you, what do you think of the end? I thought it was good. I think they did a smart move in finishing it where they did because the success that the show was getting, they could have easily done a couple more seasons trying to ride it out and they might have, you know, done the old jump the shark moment where it mm-hmm. gets beyond the quirkiness and becomes silly. I mean, the writing might have been very good, but uh, they, they could have done what a modern family did. So I think it was kind of nice the way that they ended it. Mm-hmm. I felt like, I mean, now thinking back on it, they do kind of all get a nice tying up of their stories. I felt really sad for, I can't remember her name, but the daughter, because mm-hmm. she spends this whole time trying to figure her relationship with the guy. And then they have mm-hmm. the heart-wrenching scene mm-hmm. in the cafe and then that's it. She kind of goes off into her career, but alone. And I'm just like, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like yeah. everybody else gets their happy ending, yet is is that, I mean, in a way it is for her because she's doing something on her own. I feel like it is because she's always had somebody and she always, because even like the with Twyla, like offering her the money at the end, yeah, I love how she didn't take it. She's like, no, like Twyla, if I'm going to do this by myself, for myself, then I need to do it by myself. And so I, I, I thought that was good. I was happy she didn't take it. And so I think for her, because I think she's scared to be alone. Because even when it was going, like she's wanting... um. David and Patrick to move in with her and it was all, and she was going there because her parents were going there and it was always like to be with other people or have other people. So I, I like that. That's how it ended for her. Yeah. She's and, going to do her thing. She's starting her business, right? Mm-hmm. And there's another thing that I, I thought that they did well, they kind of kept it in the sort of zaniness of the show is whereas another show would have, it kind of could have, being misconstrued as something entirely different. But when he has the the massage before the wedding. Oh yes. And yeah. uh and then something <laughs> happens in it and, and then they kind of just like rolled off the back as like, yeah, well, I guess I did kind of say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas some other show would have it would it could have ended up being and I, I would have been annoyed if it was some other show because there was another program that I watched I can't remember. And they did something similar to that. And I was so angry at the writers and the characters on the show for what they had done. I was so angry. And is, it, is there one, is it 
were they at a wedding? Because I remember seeing one and they're at a wedding and it was like a gift for the bride. Uh, Anyways. Not not the same act. It was just throughout this episode of this other show, it was like um, there was one couple and then an ex-boyfriend showed up and the, the girlfriend was like, no, he's just a friend. He's just a friend constantly. He's just a friend. He's just a friend. And then what happens? Mm. you can mm-hmm. put the dots together and i was so i was so freaking angry and alex was like why are you so angry and i'm like <laughs> because the writers deserve to be uh, upside <laughs> the head i was so filthy at it and i don't know if it was like triggering something inside me like personal or like mm-hmm. my own beliefs of if that had happened to me. Uh, anyway, total different yeah. story, total different argument. Shits Creek did a wonderful job, I think, of how they wrapped it up. And um, mm-hmm. there's one more episode that you can watch, but it's not an episode. It's a documentary. I start. We started it, but then it was late. So I've watched about half of it, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's uh yeah, gets into the creating, like how it came to, and Chris Catherine O'Hara, man, like I, I, she brought so much of her own stuff to that show. I had no idea, like because I was thinking, like, wow, the writers did a really good way of her language that she uses, because the, just the way that she speaks. Because oh, there's one phrase I loved it. Uh, it was normally you say like, don't count your chickens before they hatch. And she said something like, don't count your poultry before it's incubated or something. So it's like, she does these little things where it's like the same thing, but she changes it. And she always like uses big words. And I just thought that was the writing, but in that documentary you're talking about, like, these are all things she brought and that accent. She's like, I just felt like she needed to have an accent. (laughs) It's like, well, it's not like, it's just a, yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to finishing that off actually like big time, but, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I've got one more thing to just say about, about these characters and these actors that play them. Um, I texted you during the week about, well, actually on Saturday about how Dan Levy was hosting SNL. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to see what his mom in real life tweeted? Yes. And yeah. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Now I have it pulled up here. If the folks at home want to hear, should I read it or should they look it up we themselves? Want to hear. We want to hear. All right. So Dan Levy, the one of the stars of Shit's Creek, Eugene Levy's son, was the host of SNL this past weekend. Um, but his mum sent out a tweet to the Twitter sphere the night it was happening, and she wrote, "This goes out to all the bully punks at Camp WTF." who made life miserable for a certain cabin mate back in the summer of 96, just because he was different. Well, after all these years, I have seven words to say to you. Live from New York, it's Saturday Night Live, or whatever the saying is. And I just thought, where to go, Mama Levy? Yeah, (laughs) Mama. That's how she goes. Just like, eh, 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 eh. Stick it to the boys. That's right. The mic drop. But in such a clever way and like not like an actual like in insulting way. But, in, you know, I was just like, that's so good. Just insulting enough. Just enough. Just like, just look where twist. he is now. Yeah. Where are you? Yes, be nice to each other, people. Even if people are different. Just be kind. 
Um, yeah, I don't have much more on that because I do have a couple other shows that I watched that I really want to talk about. Um, big time recommendations. And actually, I'll get one off quick, which is not a, a show at all. But I watched the Super Bowl. My Chiefs lost. I said I would be happy either way. Who won? They more than lost. Okay, I shouldn't have let you jump in there. I saw you want to talk. I gave you space. I should have just kept going. That's all um, I'm going to say because so, I didn't actually watch the game. It was we got we got smashed, man. The offensive line can keep anybody from Mahomes. I don't want to get too much into sports, so but I do want to say it before I was like, oh, the whole idea of Brady leaving the Patriots, his tenth Super Bowl appearances, chance to win number seven. It's the first time the Super Bowl was played in a city where the team from that city is actually playing in it. And I was like, man, that's just such a perfect story. Like such a great story for Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. I'm a big Arians fan too. I was like, I'll be happy with whoever wins. I quickly found out in the second half of that football game, I did care who won. And I didn't want it to be the Bucs. Maybe if it was a closer, better game, I would have been less upset. But yeah, it was just sort of underwhelming with all the hype coming into it. But uh, a couple of shows I want to talk about. First, I've been watching really good. It just came out on Netflix. It's called Firefly Lane. I don't know if you've seen it. Starring Katherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk, a Canadian actress. Um, oh Man, the storytelling, it's so good. And actually, one of the scenes, I was like, I think I recognize that. And then the very next scene, I saw uh, one of the towers from Vancouver in the background. I was like, oh, they're filming on top of the Shangri-La. So it's filmed in Vancouver, which is kind of cool. I didn't know, uh, but recognized the environment. But um, it's about, so it follows these two women uh, who are best friends. And one sort of took the path of motherhood and getting married. And the other took the path of staying single and, uh, pursuing her career, like really putting everything into it. And what I like about it is it sort of jumps between three timelines. So the main story, the future is not even the future. It takes place in 2003. And then in the eighties when they're sort of young adults and then it must be sometime in the 70s when they're sort of middle-aged kids, 14, 15. And there's a little bit when they're when they're children, but not so much. It, it follows those three time. But it jumps around. So you 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 as the, the main story goes along, you get glimpses into their past and their relationship and how it was built and the problems. Because one the one came from a you know house that was stable and the other came from a house that was unstable and there is sort of two opposite people become best friends and the performances are great uh it looks great and like i said the, it's just it's overall uh the storytelling is fantastic so i really really recommend that one to people check it out it is worth a watch um, and lastly, there's a show called Messiah and I loved, loved this show. It came out last year 
And I was thinking about it recently because I thought, well, the new season's got to be coming out soon. So I looked it up. Well, maybe I'm the only one who thought it was so good because it actually didn't get renewed for a second season. I don't know if that was because it had low viewers or it did cause some controversy. Uh, But one of the reasons I really like it is because I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. And it's about, so in, in many different faiths and religions, they have, they believe in a second coming, whether it's Christianity, Islam, Judaism, whatever. And so it starts out and this guy appears and he's talking as if he was sent from God. And I think it starts in like Syria during the, the, the civil war. And so throughout the show, the series, um, he's performing these little miracles and, you know, they're only seen by the people that are there. And some of it's caught on video and, you know, people see it on video and, and, and it raises this really sort of interesting question for me, which is, you know, if that did happen, say somebody came back and it was the second coming and you started hearing about it and seeing little like sort of grainy videos and not, not quite like, would you believe, would you believe and then you all of a sudden start seeing this mass and mass of people start following. Like, what would it take? And I thought, well, that's really interesting because the CIA starts investigating him and the Israeli secret police because they think he's a con man and a terrorist and he's just doing these tricks. And so he, he ends up like, you know, Syria to Palestine to Israel, America. Like he starts like appearing in all these different places and they don't know how he's getting there. And all the while, like, these little things are happening until he ends up in Washington, D.C. And this huge moment happens in front of thousands of people. And it's recorded and all this. And he basically says, like, you will see what you what you want. And anyways, uh, so I just I don't know. It gets me, man. Like, I just. The, and the, the acting is is so good. Um. Uh, what's her name? It's Michelle Monaghan is mm-hmm. the lead female in it. And actually a lot of it is directed by Kate Woods. I don't know if you know who that is, Hayden. I do not. Australian director. Cause oh, I was like, I, go. I kept seeing her name pop up and I was like, who is this Kate Woods? And so I had to look her up and I was like, oh, she's from Australia. And John Ortiz is in it and he's in a lot of stuff. But uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really interesting and super captivating. And they do it in a way where you don't know what to believe. You know, is this guy really the second coming? Because you as the audience, you're seeing what he's doing. Um, but then also the CIA, they start, you know, digging up stuff. So they do a really good job of of not of leaving the audience sort of believing one thing, but then second guessing it as you know, which is good because that's what the people who are actually there on the ground experiencing this are feeling, you know, so I thought they did a really good job. I don't know. I don't know why they didn't do a second season, honestly, 
maybe they just didn't know where to go with it. I, I don't know. Um, but I really, really recommend it. It's all fiction, people. So just watch it. It's fun. What? You're telling me there's no ounce of truth to any of the storytelling? There has not been a second coming, people. (laughs) What? No, that sounds cool. Um, I'm guessing on Netflix. It's Netflix, yeah. That one's Netflix, yeah. Check it out and add it to the the Firefly Lane one as well. That's on my watch list because I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, uh, Catherine Heigl, she kind of hasn't done anything since she left. Grey's Anatomy and then kind of disappeared into actor blacklisting limbo wherever she ended up going. Yeah, apparently she was hard to work with. (laughs) No, apparently. She's back with a trending show on Netflix. That's that's a good rebound. Yeah, and it's really good. I mean, I think we're only four or five episodes in, but uh, it's it's got me. It's got me hooked. Nice. Cool beans. So... Some good shows, some good watching. Um, yeah. So on that, and we talked a little bit just then about what happens, folks, to if, if, if you tend to push the wrong buttons in Hollywood, you can find yourself being a hot ticket item to being in a book with a black X next to your name saying, don't work with this person. It's a little bit of trade talk for you, which is what we're going to go into right now. A little bit more trade talk. Segway. Now, I got a bunch of things. Um, they're just little ones this week that I'm going to talk about. Um, Justin, do you have any that you would like to I have one. Discuss. You got one? Uno mas. Uh, so, coming to Disney+, Plus. A Wakanda series by oh. Ryan Coogler. He's going to expand the Black Panther universe, uh, which will be a new series based in the kingdom of Wakanda. That is all that I know. I try to do a little deep dive research, but they haven't released more. He's currently doing Black Panther 2 right now and his production company. They got some other things, but I believe they signed the deal. So it will be happening. Uh but early, early stages. So it could be years. I'm wondering if it'll maybe follow the the sister, the scientist. Well, because they did come out and say that they will not be recasting Chad as Black Panther. So it would have to be, yeah, I don't know, maybe before or, yeah, I, I don't know. That's what I I'm guess- curious about with that franchise because – the Black Panther character is kind of like the Phantom, where it, and Zorro really, where the, the the image is immortal, but the person isn't. So they always have to, you know, it goes down the generations. Mm-hmm. So how that's how the character can continue, but who's going to take on the mantle? Give it to the sister. Yeah, are they going to go? Let her have it. Or is it going to be, or is Warmonger going to come back as, you know, on the good side? Or is he going to be on the, you know, I'm curious to see what they do with the film and a TV show around that would also be super cool. So that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that is a cool one. I hadn't seen anything on that. Yeah. And actually, I did read that um, 
John Favreau came out and said that Mandalorian will lead into the sequel trilogy for Star Wars. Yeah, um, that one I that. did see. Oh, you did see that one, yeah. I did that see that good. one. Ah, yes. And that one I thought was interesting oh, as well. Did you send it? Maybe you, I think you sent it to me actually. Did I think it? I did. Yeah, but okay. you might have seen it beforehand anyway. But um, that one I was curious about as well because I was like, oh, okay, so is the Mandalorian going to stretch for 30 years? Like are they going to stretch out the timeline? Not are they going to shoot the show for 30 years? But Yeah, in 31 years we'll have a new sequel. I thought I saw oh, – what was it? I don't know if it's Mandalorian. It was something Star Wars related. I thought it was Mandalorian. Something about it not being – they weren't going to follow chronological order or something, or they weren't going to, I forget something about staying true to the time or, or like maybe they'll skip ahead. Mm -hmm. Like you say, like I thought I read something about, about something to do with time, but anyways, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut because I can't remember exactly what it was. (laughs) Just spout out all these rumors and see if they catch on. Yes, something's got to be right. And then this is going to happen. Now, speaking of John Favreau, I am very surprised that he hasn't released a statement with regards to the news that happened yesterday. Get on with it. What's the news? The news, folks, if you hadn't heard, um, a rep from Lucasfilm announced the letting go of... Gina Carano from her role as Cara Dune in The Mandalorian and subsequently her talent agent, UTA, United Talent Agency, dropped her as well. So she got fired. They dropped her. Yeah, and the agency dropped her too. So um, they were humming and ahrings for a long time because she – expressed views on the interwebs that were different to the majority of people. Um, so for a long time, there was a fire Gina Carano, like, but then there was also a second wave of the opposite saying, we love Gina Carano. And both of those things trended at various times over the past couple of months. Uh, and then she posted something yesterday, which was not, the smartest thing, I don't think, in terms of the people that she works with. And obviously it must have been the straw that broke the camel's back because that was that. Was that. And they were like, can't have that kind of uh, opinion out in the world. But this is something that we were going to maybe get into in the, the counterculture stuff. But I just wanted to say, like, I am surprised that both Filoni, Dave Filoni and John Favreau haven't said anything seen as though they're the showrunners and one of the 20 million shows that Disney Plus announced for the future of Star Wars, the Rangers of the New Republic, mm-hmm. which you would think because she became a ranger in Mandalorian Season 2 that she was going to be a part of that show and they haven't said anything. Yeah. It's literally just like Lucasfilm reps like, she no longer works for us, which is why I'm always skeptical at those kind of announcements, unless it's official press release, which it probably was. I didn't look too far into it, but I'm like, you got one unknown person from Lucasfilm 
saying, yo, they're fire. This is, and it's like, is this just like a rogue person going, uh, like what she said, they're, they're fired. But there hasn't been anything, anything said to the contrary of that. So it's, I'm going to say it's legit, you know. I feel like it's termination legit. of a role. It's, so. it's everywhere. Maybe it's a little publicity stunt to get people hyped for the show coming out in 10 months. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's curious. I mean, if we have time, we'll, we'll we'll get into it a bit more when we get into the castle culture segment, if we get to it this episode, but if not, another episode. But I'm curious to know if this is, like you say, the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't know if it was necessarily just this one or if it's because there's been a string of unpopular posts. Um, yeah. Sort of want to get into it, but I feel like that's where the, the direction of the, where this is going. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's just. My go things for can it. wait. Go for it because it is. It's of the moment. It's very. It's touched yeah. a lot of people, and what I've read online, there are a lot from both sides, which is. Mm-hmm. It's it's so, good and it's interesting at the same time. Let's start by uh, reading reading what she said um first so that everybody can have a clear understanding of it this is what this is what she said jews were beaten in the streets not by nazi soldiers but by their neighbors even by children because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Huh. <laughs> Stew on that for a little bit. Stew on that for a bit. Now, of course, the people are upset because they're trying to draw a line connecting what she said, comparing it to uh, what the Jewish people went through during the Holocaust. Which, if you listen back, she doesn't actually say. Are there lines there? Is that something that you should compare? First of all, people... Listen, aside from maybe any other genocide that has happened in our history, nothing is comparable to that. It's just not. So that's why people get upset when people think that other people are drawing comparisons to that. And was she? I don't know. All I can, all I can do is read what she said and try and interpret it, which is what anybody has. Or is which is what everybody else is doing. So I what like I'm curious like I wonder if this was it was strictly for this or if it was like a string of events and then Disney was like, you know what? It's just, you know, we can't deal with it anymore. Cause bef- bef- before we we get into it, I, I I put out a poll because I wanted to know what what everybody thought. And um I'm just going to look to see if the numbers are updated. I didn't get it out uh, 
early enough. So it's not from a huge, um, wide range of people, but there was quite a few. And it was, uh, the question was, should a public figure be fired for something they say or something they posted? 86% of you said no. 14% said yes. Uh, there was an exception. Some people said, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to answer no, but in extreme cases, yes. If something they say will cause harm to another person, then yes. And um, I agree with that because instantly, like when I think about this, my instinct is, is no, somebody shouldn't be fired. But I, I mean, unless of course they're being hurtful, like, like racist or putting other people's lives in danger. No. Uh, then, then of course I think, yes, they, they should, should lose their, their, their job. However, you have to remember as a celebrity or as a public figure, you work for a company and that company will always try and protect their image. So even though it may not be right to fire somebody for posting uh, a view that might be different than, than yours, um, the company has a right to protect their image because you know when you sign on that contract and you agree to their terms, well, then you have to abide by their terms. And it's, that's just it. So you, uh, you, unfortunately, that is part of being in the limelight, being in, in pop culture, (laughs) you know, you are sort of held to a different standard. Yeah. Which is, I was, I was thinking of the last time that Disney fired someone for what they wrote online do you remember who that was i'm gonna say james gunn yes now that was this happens all the time i think and i i like to have not myself i like to see a company use it as a learning tool if it's at all possible for that person which is what i think they did with james gunn because his stuff was written what 10 15 years ago something like the early early stages of social media Mm -hmm. and he clearly is a different person now disney fired him from guardians of galaxy 3 because these things came up but then he got reinstated so because you know obviously he had remorse he used it as a learning tool and he was able to adjust his behavior now i don't know if it's different with this current one because it is more uh like current and happening now and it has been through the you know the past couple of years or since since her limelight like since gina carano's limelight has gotten much larger with being in on the mandalorian um it's a tough one i do believe in she's allowed to say what she wants to say and then there's a level, like for anyone in general, there's a level of how far you can say something. Mm-hmm. Because I do also believe that the listener and the consumer like us and you audience listening, you are 
have the right to make your own opinion and you shouldn't listen to what someone who's a celebrity says and take it as gospel, which mm-hmm. is why I think sometimes it goes a little farther, like, oh, you're in a position of power and you shouldn't be saying these things because it's going to influence so many people. I'm like, they are not sheep though. They can go, oh, I really enjoy you as an artist and an actor and a performer. What you said was dumb, so I'm going to enjoy you on that level. I'm not going to listen to you on that one. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a bit of onus on the on our end as well. But I do also what agree 100% with you Justin in terms of Disney having to protect their brand. And mm-hmm. um, they can't have that happening. But like again what happened with James Gunn when they were found to like be not in the wrong, but when they saw that um not a remedy, but sort of a self-reconciliation with their own past, they were able to then reconcile with the the issue at hand and move forward and reinstate. So who knows if that's something that's going to happen in this instance? I don't think it was as bad as, you know, she shouldn't have been terminated, which is, again, why I'm curious as to what Filoni and Favreau have to say about it because technically Favreau, I'm not too sure about Filoni, is directly related to what she's talking about, so to speak, mm-hmm. in terms of his religious background. Well, maybe that's why they haven't come out. Maybe, maybe they, they, maybe they don't think she should have lost her job. I bet you they've reached out to her privately. I'd be, I'd be surprised if they hadn't. Um, I just want to go back to the James Gunn thing for a bit because I was really upset when that happened and. This is this is my this is my problem. I mean, I think as society as a people we're always trying to better ourselves and learn. I mean, for the most part people like most of us, you know, um we try to be more understanding, accepting of things as we, we hear about them, you know, like things are different now than they were five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And it's a good thing. We're we're making progress and that's good. Um, it's great. I just don't like how you see these people losing their jobs. Um, because like even Kevin Hart, for example, when he backed out or left the Oscars, I, I was excited. Like there, Kevin Hart was going to host the Oscars. Are you kidding me? It's finally going to be good. Um, and then all the stuff came out about like an old stand-up routine he did where he made a joke about if his son ever, he comes in and his son has a dollhouse, he, he's going to smash it or something. Uh, and people said that was homophobic. Um, so my problem is, is that was, you know, 10, a decade ago, same with the James Gunn thing is we can't hold people to 2020 standards, especially if they themselves have changed and progressed to, you know, something that they did 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. I don't, I don't think... I mean, if people want to bring light to it and then maybe they can deal with it and acknowledge it, um, sure. But to, to, to constantly trying to get people to, to lose their jobs or be canceled because of it, I just, 
I don't agree with that. I certainly don't want to be held accountable to the person I was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. You know, like I've changed, I've gotten better, I've, you know, um, improved myself, if that's however you want to say it. So that's why I, 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 maybe I have a soft spot for this is because, um, because I don't think it's fair. And which is, yeah, no, go ahead. That just, which is why I think they need to use it as a, a learning tool for the individuals that find themselves in this scenario because mm-hmm. unless it is something that's blatantly straight up uh, like racist or um, prejudiced to anyone or anything and it is dangerous, yeah. But if it's literally just an opinion, that is a teachable moment. And I think that's what it is with the Gina because – I feel like when I read it, I under, like I understand the comparison she's trying to make. I don't think she's comparing uh, herself, or you know, she, I think she's referring to um, people attacking, uh, you know, people in the states for for their political views and trying to get them to hate the other the other side because of their view and them trying to get to hate the other side because of their view um and so i i understand what she's trying to do but it's just like it's a it's a it's a it's a touchy one man like you just there may have been a better way to express that point there could have been a better analogy i feel like she used an out an analogy and this is the thing, like people will read it and they will draw their own conclusion, right? Nobody went to her and went and said, you know, I doubt Disney called her and said, what are you talking about here? Can you explain this to me? Because it looks like you're doing this. And then maybe she could have had a chance to, you know, explain it better. But um I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I can tell you what I do know. Do you, I'm not a fan of what people call the cancel culture. And I, I, I find sometimes that in Hollywood, there's a double standard. Because I think that we need more inclusion in films from people of uh, from a minority background, whether it's race or sexual orientation or, or, or what, or gender even. But I, what I don't like is, is, so for example, Scarlett Johansson was going to do a role where she played uh, a transgendered character. And this was maybe a couple years after Eddie Redmayne did uh, his role, which got him an Oscar nom. Nobody said anything. Two years later, when Scarlett Johansson was going to do it, uh, 
people pounced. They went crazy. And she ultimately backed out. I don't know what happened to that film. It disappeared for all I know. And I didn't like that. Maybe that's because an actor, because people said, no, 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 that's not fair. That should that that role should go to a transgendered person. And this is this is what I think. Maybe. That role should have went to the best candidate. If that best candidate was transgendered, then they should have had the role. They probably, you know, got Scarlett Johansson there, one, because she's a great actress, but two, because, you know, she probably got the budget for them. Because when they said, hey, we need $30 million, and they went, yeah, well, why would I give you $30 million? And they go, well, Scarlett Johansson is going to be the lead. And they go, oh, okay. Yeah, we'll give it to you. You know what I mean? Uh, And so I like, this is what we've talked about before. It should be equal opportunity. And where the double standard comes in for me is Elliot Page uh, came out and then came out as transgendered. And I can't even remember what his name used to be. Ellen, it's Ellen Page. Okay, so he came out transgender, Elliot Page. Well, he came out and said he's still going to continue because he's doing a show called The Umbrella Academy. It's on Netflix. Fantastic show. Really like it. But he had come out and said he's going to continue it as, but playing it as the female character. Because in the show, it was before he'd come out and came out the, uh, uh, and and transitioned so the character when it was built was as a female and people praised him and and for his bravery and and everything and that's and i'm happy for him i'm you know like he's finally able to live the life as who he's always felt and i could not be happier for him for that what i don't like is that nobody's saying anything about if if only transgendered people can play transgendered roles, then are you saying only straight people and, and no no straight people can play gay or, or homosexual roles? Then does that mean only straight people can play straight roles? Because I don't agree with that either. So it's like it's it's becoming too muddy. It should just be everybody gets a chance and whoever gets it gets it. That's just the way it should be. Yeah, it's acting, it's performing, it's which in its way is a reflection on real life. But yeah, I hundred percent agree that it should be everyone gets the equal chance to do the role, and if they are the best one, then they will be the one that gets the role. So I agree with you on that one. Are blind people going to only be able to play blind roles? Because as an actor, like I always, you know, it's fun when you get the opportunity to challenge yourself or step outside because performing, it's, you know, being able to tap into those feelings and moments is as a way you, you have to you're, I don't know, like, I guess in a sense, learning, you're learning who that person is. You have to be able to understand and appreciate and like, like the person you 
you are performing as. So if I only ever got to be myself, I mean, I feel like that would take some of the, the fun and excitement out of it. Whereas when you get the opportunity to do these other roles, um, that that's a good thing. And it's challenge. It challenges you as a performer. And the same can be said from directing standpoint of view. Um, if you now, who knows if these films would have been made today? Because you go back to when Steven Spielberg did The Color Purple. Now he did that with the input of you know Whoopi Goldberg was quite. Uh, uh, prominent in making sure the story was good and Oprah and all of those actors so that he was able to tell a true representation of uh, a, a black African story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then mo- more recently, Catherine Bigelow did Detroit, another story about black America. Try to do that now. I don't know with the way that the current culture of folks on the internet that's mostly where the voices are coming from. Mm -hmm. If those types of films and those stories would have been told, those are two examples of stories where the directors, I think, well, I believe, and I feel took all of the, the knowledge that from those that, you know, were the ones involved, took it on board and then were able to input their own voice into it in a respectful manner and a truthful manner. Mm -hmm. Now that is what I think, Actors should be allowed to do. Directors should be allowed to do. Um, you know, the I've said this before. When we wrote "Burn Your Name," uh, didn't get the input of uh, any gay people for the characters that I wrote because I didn't write them as a. Sp- as a stereotype, right? I wrote them as just a regular person and they just so happened to have a different orientation to the lead. So might have been young and naive and, and used that as an out to to be able to write that character because I didn't write them as any different to anyone else. They just so happened to be, you know, in that film or they were like that. So I think I went off a little tangent there, but I feel like if you are given the knowledge and the education then you should be allowed to do it mm-hmm. or you should have at least the opportunity to, you know, to seek out to do that. I mean, back to the Scarlett Johansson one, just because it's a good reference and I'm just using this as a reference. And even look at that Dallas Buyers Club. Nobody, I mean, they won off, they all won Oscars for that. You know what I mean? Like nobody had a problem with it. People are wanting to tell these stories for a reason. And sometimes, unfortunately, and this goes for any movie, never mind one that's uh, featuring a transgendered person. Um, You, you, in order to reach mass appeal and get lots of money to make it and make lots of money after making it, you need star power attached. 
And I believe that's why, you know, these people have been, were cast. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, Jared Leto, Scarlett Johansson. And if they're wanting to tell a story and that story gets out to the masses and it's played by Scarlett Johansson instead of a transgendered person, but it is able to reach the majority of people to tell your the story and, and you know, maybe, I don't know, like it just affect people then is that not a good thing like i said after this 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 story was it was big news and then people were all over it she left that was like two or three years ago maybe the film has been made i haven't heard about it have you no you haven't and that sucks because maybe they pulled the money and it never got made, or maybe they ended up casting it with a transgendered person, but it just didn't get the recognition because it doesn't have a named actor. It's not because that person would have been transgendered. It's because people don't know who they are. It's the unfortunate side effect of the business. So do we need to get more um, people of of that are, you know, considered minorities into to film and television of course we need to be inclusive but i don't think that needs to take away uh from other people having opportunity as as well especially when it comes to big budget stuff i'm sorry but you need you need big name actors to fill those roles and when there is a big name transgendered actor they will get that role every time. I guarantee it. But they just don't have that right now. So, th- and this is where I feel the the counterculture reaction and response is dangerous because you. you like you're saying, one hand you have the opportunity for a story to be told that tells of a minority which could open gates for many mm-hmm. different other people. And then you're like, okay, no, we can't do that on the other hand. And then that story disappears forever. And then it sets them back. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a balance, right? You, you're like, I just was, um, I saw an art, like uh, David Fincher is actually doing a mini series on Canna, Counter. Cancel culture. I finally got the words out. I say, he kept saying, I, I was like, I think he keeps saying counterculture, but maybe counterculture it's the is a counterculture <laughs> is a is something from the 90s, folks. Yeah. Cancel culture. Welcome to the, is the one I was trying to say. <laughs> what? What year are we in? Um, points are still the same, what I was referring to there. I might have called the, the movement of uh, something wrong but uh, I totally lost my thought now David. yeah I just was reading David Fincher did the thing called this and then in the same article there was uh, Nick Cave uh, shout out for you Rachel and shout out to Australia he said that uh, the movement is is a refusal to engage with uncomfortable ideas 
and has an asphyxiating effect on the creative soul of a society. And I think he's 100% right in that, I don't know, it's uh, all of the facts that we've given, I will feel like I'm repeating myself. I just felt that that was a good, concise way of saying everything and what we have to think about when these things happen and we go to comment on them when we create these waves in in the world because uh, it's not always as black and white as you think it is and that we you know that you may personally want it to be so mm-hmm. i'm going to leave it on that words of nick cave because i thought i read that and i was like this is actually this is a very concise and precise way of of viewing it from an artistic point of view Now, I don't know if you have anything else that you want to add, Justin, because I am, for the moment, my level of knowledge and understanding is about at its peak. Now, and folks at home, I would love for you to educate me further if you have more that you want to say, but I would like it in a respectful and uh, (laughs) a a nice discourse of conversation. Look, this is why we wanted to talk about this, because Hayden and I have been wanting to talk about this for a while. And we didn't know when the the right time to bring it up on, on the podcast was, um, because it is divisive. But we don't bring it up because we want to be divisive. We We bring it up because we want the conversation around it, because it is an important conversation. And there's there's many different views and many different angles that you can come at this from. And the only way as a a society we can move forward is by having these conversations. Okay. Not yelling at each other and screaming and trying to get people canceled, but actually like sitting down and talking. So yeah, uh, going off what Hayden says, I mean, uh, we like uh, loved would love to absolutely love to hear from you guys about where you stand on this uh, the f- the firing of Gina the you know the cancel culture as a whole of you know people being blocked from shows or fired from shows for things they've tweeted or said ten years ago ten plus years ago. Do you think that's okay? No? Or yes? Like, wh- why is that okay? Why isn't it okay? Should non-transgendered people play transgendered roles? Should non-homosexual people play homosexual roles? If not, why? Would it be okay if a transgender homosexual person plays a non-homosexual transgender person? If so, why? Like, is, is that not a double standard? Let's just get a conversation going. Um, I think it's important. No fighting. Fighting is for smug pugs. Don't be a smug pug. Be intuitive. But yes. Um, I think that's all I have to say, Hayden. I think. It's happy, it's happy that we were able to talk about this. Like I said, we've we've been wanting to 
sort of touched us on this for a while. Um, look, I'm not, I'm not set in my ways. I'm always learning and, and, you know, adjusting how I feel and my views on things as I gather information. I try and gather as much information and be as knowledgeable on things as I can before I make a decision. Um, so, which is how everyone should approach everything. You don't want to be ignorant or arrogant in learning yeah. viewpoints of other people because you're infinitely going to lose if you come into it thinking that everybody else should have the same view as you. Mm-hmm. So I respect you for saying that you're open and you're a learner. You're a scholar. I'm, a, I'm the most scholar person there is. That might not be true. But we'll go with it. Which no, is why I, you make such a yeah. good actor <laughs> and storyteller. And I love working with you because you are a man open to all avenues of everything. I I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. Means. I'll try anything once. <laughs> there we go. And on that happy note, we will move along. It was a great little discussion. I am really glad that we got to it because um, it deserves the time that it that it got. And that was literally just scratching the surface. Um, but, yeah, I would love to hear what other people like to think because I want to expand my knowledge of the subject matter on, on how other people feel about it and because it's the only way that us as a society – and us as artists can come together collectively and, uh, you know, progress forward in the right ways. There's no sense butting heads when there are ways around working together. You can disagree. You can still disagree. Just don't tell us we're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Acknowledge our opinions and then give us yours. Because that's yeah. how it should always work. And my opinion might change when you give me yours, but don't tell me I'm wrong because I'm not wrong ever. Except for 43% of the time in social studies. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I don't think we're going to get to the listener question. I think we should skip that. We'll plunk it in next week for you. Uh, uh, people, I know you're excited. Hey, you people at Rogue Star Media, I know you wanted. You know, I know you wanted more uh, of the Xiaoping interview uh, co-hosting special and a lot of the other people out there who've been getting at us um, because we, we, we talked for almost three hours. <laughs> it was awesome, man. It was so good. But we're like, we can't do that to our listeners. We can't put a three-hour episode out. So we, we, we spliced it up, but we have some more we thought about uh, putting in this one, like we said. But uh, – uh, we decided to go a different way. Um, I think a better way. Uh, Xiaopin, if you're listening, the way other than you is always better. <laughs> but we'll plug you in next week, bro. Don't worry. Um, so yeah. What do you think, Hayden? Should we move on from the listener question? And uh, should we go to Rachel or you want to do speed quotes? What do you think? What do the listeners want? What do the listeners want? Eventually in the future, we'll be able to have you live tweet to us 
or super chat us on YouTube or Discord or whatever avenues of conversation that we have for you to get in contact with us live. Um, but for right now, an email. Hey, we could even get those live if you guys are quick enough. Enter <laughs> webs are fast enough. But um, I think because uh, we had a lovely discussion there, uh, a very important one, uh, we have run the clock deep. So deep. So I feel like I should pull out my little piano. Okay, hold on. Let's see you play. What are you striking there? Do, do, do. Rachel might even be more like an organ. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Joe. I want to know, Rachel, you know what? I want to know what you've been watching. Because I always like to hear what you're up to, what you've been watching. But I'd also like to hear your perspective on this being not of the same sexuality as Hayden and I being a woman, maybe it's a different, you know, a different perspective and just being a different person altogether. A third, a third perspective on this show, a third point of view. A third point of view. Um, because I think it is important and I think it needs to be talked about. And like we had already mentioned, um, we like hearing different people's opinions on things because we don't pretend like we know everything. Okay, we pretend like we know everything, but we don't know everything. So on that, Rachel, take it away. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Rachel's Reviews. Um, today I'm going to just get right into it and then I'll bring up the stuff that I watched um, afterwards, but we are speaking or I'm tacking on to what Justin and Hayden were talking about with cancel culture. Um, it's a very difficult topic to even bring forward thoughts on because I think it's just such a convoluted um kind of movement that's going on in general, that there is no definitive answer to what is cancel culture. Um, most of it, to me personally, is just calling out people on their BS and um, hoping for some change. Um, people genuinely have changed, uh, especially like Hayden was saying, James Gunn, he genuinely changed as a human being for the better um, and was brought back onto projects and it's all right. And then there's some people who just haven't changed. And, you know, it's also some people don't give them the chance to change. And even if they do, they're still going to be like, well, you did this way back when. Okay. The, they owned up for it. They turned themselves around. Where are we at now in this picture? So I think it's just also on a personal level. If you want to continue not participating in this person's work and not giving them that attention or saying, yeah, you know what? That's good for me. Let's go to the next steps. So to me on this whole cancel culture effect, there's so many different layers to their work also. Like do you cancel the person, but also all of the work that they have worked on in the past, especially, obviously, this happens with more celebrities, you know. So, like Phil Spector, who just died recently, 
trash human being. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I despise Phil Spector, but I still listen to the music that he helped create in this world because it was such a pivotal moment in that era of music. He helped with the, the wall of sound. He helped with the Beach Boys. He helped with the Ronettes. He helped a little bit with some of the Beatles stuff. Like, I can't cancel those people because of what Phil Spector did. It's it's so difficult to talk about. And another one, say, Roman Polanski, another trash human being who fled the United States, is hibernating away in France, um, and is still to this day getting to do work. People are bowing down to him, and um, he's getting awards left and right still. I can't. I mean, he did The Pianist, and this was all while he was not in the United States, and he still has warrants out for his arrest. But do I cancel out those movies as well? Like, I I don't think I could not watch Rosemary's Baby because it's such a, again, a pivotal film in the horror community, but it's linked to a trash human being. So it's tough. Um, I think it's just on a personal level per person, like I said. And a lot of it is wanting to eliminate the bad things that are happening in the world, especially now, and try and bring in the good. But it's it's like, what? where do you cut lines, you know? Um, I personally do not like the term cancel culture. I think it's a terrible word in general. And I don't like saying that somebody is canceled. It's more of that I don't want to actively support this person anymore. Or brand. I've done this a lot lately where I have stopped buying certain brands. Um, I don't really support Chick-fil-A anymore um, because of their anti-LGBTQ comments and you know that I've heard. They've done a lot of good. Yeah, sure. But also for me personally, I can't support that anymore. There's other brands that I just can't support anymore as well um, for especially their connections with politics right now, especially in the United States. Obviously we know, um, but I don't like to support somebody that is anti-people, I guess, you know? So bringing, here it comes, bringing up Gina Carano. I have seen her posts online. I have seen how rude she has been, um, how gross her comments have been. And with the recent comment that she had made, I think this was just icing on the cake for Disney. And they're just like, you know, it's time. I don't, we get things at face value and I think there's more to it. And I think there was just a buildup with Carano and they figured, you know, our image is being thwarted from this. We need to let her go. And a lot of it is just keeping up with the brand and having a good image. But also let's not forget that Walt, Mr. Walt Disney in general, the man who created everything Disney was not a good human being either. So what do you do? Do you cancel everything? Or what happens, you know? It's just a really convoluted thing to put together. Um, I personally am okay with a Gina Carano because at this point as well, like you're trying also to be a role model to to children, especially in the celebrity limelight. And that's what she has been saying for the past a while now. Um, If you look at her social media, she probably deleted a lot of it, honestly. But it's just not for me personally. That's just where I stand. Um, I think a lot of people are also falsely using the term cancel culture for certain things. Um, 
I don't, I'm not going to bring up politics, but I think a lot of it has to do with that recently and the views of right and wrong. And it's basically, we just want acceptance and good in the world. And it's really tough, but what are your thoughts on cancel culture? Hopefully the boys will pop something up and just curious, just a basic question. So, but let's get to some good stuff really quickly. Um, just wanted to bring up some stuff that I watched recently, actually bringing into the cancel culture. I watched Framing Britney, um, the Britney Spears documentary of her, of how her father is controlling her money. And it's terribly sad. And there's a lot of, um, stuff going on about Justin Timberlake, obviously, because he has a comment that is in that documentary that blew up and people are, uh, very angry. So, but again, do we let him change and accept his apology and his growth? Or do we continue to just say, yeah, I'm not going to support you. It's all on a personal day-to-day basis, I feel like. Um, I, wa- <laughs> I watched The Twilight Saga, all five of the movies. I wrote to Hayden about that. <sighs> Maybe a little embarrassing, but honestly, it was a lot of fun. I did read all the books when I was younger. Uh, not going to open up all the spider webs out of those uh, closets there, but lots of lots of Twilight. But I recorded a Twilight um, podcast, so that's why I watched them. And then yesterday we went on a mini John Woo binge, and I watched Face Off for the first time, which was absolutely insane. Um, but they are creating a direct sequel to Face Off, directed by Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett, being the writer. A really great duo. They are doing... Um, the new Godzilla vs. Kong movie, and uh, they've done a lot of horror movies, so that's how I know Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett. And I watched Hard Target for the first time, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, also directed by John Woo. Um, a lot of fun. Definitely recommend. I'm really tough with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't really care for him as much, but the movie as a whole was pretty great. And uh, it's goofy fun. <laughs> and you can see John Woo's style um, in everything so far. But I think we're going to watch some more John Woo and continue on that train. Well, I hope you guys have a great weekend and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. And we're back, folks. And I just want to lead off with quickly saying... Rachel, uh, thank you once again. Greatly appreciate uh, your insights and your words every single week, especially this week. Um, it's always an eye-opener for me, and your opinion is hugely influential on me and I'm sure on Justin as well. So I greatly appreciate what you've just shared with us. And uh, I always, always, always He's so forward. He can't even speak. Exactly. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you again during the week and on air next week. Uh, audience, I hope you got something great out of that once again. Uh, and if you're new to us, uh, check back on every previous episode because the best segment is always Rachel or a guest. It's never just I Just don't listen to us. I hate it. It always is. It always is. But if you do tune in to hear us talk... This is the final segment of the day. Now, back in the old days, they used to have a shot called the martini shot, which was the signal that the final shot of the day was coming up on set. Oh, we decided to tinker it. Best tinkering everything over here. (laughs) Best tinkering everything. We decided to change it to an old whiskey shot. Old whiskey shot. Your whiskey shot. Now, the whiskey shot, folks, is where we discuss what we're going to be watching 
in the week to come or what we're going to be doing, or if we have any final thoughts on anything that we discussed, discussed <laughs> in this episode past. Discussed in this episode past. Distant so, cousin of disgust, yeah. Discussed. So, um, <laughs> Justin, did you want to take us away on your future plans for the week to come or any final thoughts you want to impart to Okay, I'll start with this. Future plans for the week. Uh, I'm going to finish Messiah because I have one and a half episodes left. Even though I knew that they weren't going to do a second season, because when I looked it up and they're like, we're not doing a second season, I was immediately like, well, I'm just going to rewatch the first one. So screw you. Um, And I've just like, I think I started it two days ago. So. And they're our episodes. It's just like I've just been staying up all night watching. That's probably why I'm so tired today, people. Um, but I'm really looking forward to finishing it because even though I only watched it a year ago, I remember all these really big moments. I do not remember how they ended the first season. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, I'm going to watch WandaVision tomorrow, which when you listen to this could be two days ago, three days ago, four days ago, five days ago. I don't know when you listen. Um going to try and write a bit more because i've hashtag get those pages hashtag get those pages because i sort of stalled out a bit because i'm just really really confused myself but anyways it's a conversation for hayden myself later and i'm gonna watch some more firefly lane because i've been really really digging that and I don't know. I, I've been thinking about starting Superstore. Now that we're done Schitt's Creek, Kate and I will be looking for a new one. We have Firefly Lane, but I mean, it's only one season and we'll get through that in a very short amount of time, especially without anything else. So I don't know. But I do want to say, because um, I spoke very passionately earlier in uh, uh, about the cancel culture stuff and, and specifically with the Scarlett Johansson stuff. Because for me, like that one really, really affected me. Because I like, I'm an actor, right? Like, and so the, the, the thought or the idea that I'm only ever going to be able to play like straight male characters you know sounds i mean it doesn't sound boring but it it, it sounds restrictive like you know when, when i think of something like you know maybe there's a uh an autistic character who's also a homosexual i think ooh like what like what what is that like how can i what does it feel like to be in that body? Like that's exciting to me as an actor. Like I really would want to dig my teeth into that and, 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 and do my research and do my work and, and really like put myself in that place. So when all this stuff is happening, they're like, no, I think, well, it's great. Like I, I, I stand behind your cause. Like I, I, I know your intentions. I know what your intentions are when you say that. It's because you want more inclusivity in 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 life, in the world, in film and television. And I'm 100 percent for that. But 
the idea that only those roles will be able to go to the people who identify that way, I don't like. So that's why I'm very passionate about it because, and, and maybe that's selfish. Maybe it's not. But that's why I feel that way because I don't think of it as as anything other than it's it's just another role that I would have an opportunity to dig my teeth in that would be uh, challenging. And I like that. I like to challenge myself. So that's why I'm very passionate about this. Um, it comes from a good place. It really does. And that's my final thoughts on this episode and my plans coming up for this week. How about yourself, Hayden? Um, it's a little hard to follow when you have such a strong conviction on your final thoughts. <laughs> but I'll try my best. <laughs> what I've got coming up is I'm going to continue with the same shows. Um, I'm actually... I managed to do like a mini breakthrough on uh, on the script, which I was excited about because that was giving me trouble as well. I was kind of like banging my head on a, against a brick wall, but I finally got through it. And then I was like, I'm going to do it a little bit again, a little bit. And then it just kept coming and coming and coming. Um, I did get held back a little bit last week because, as Justin mentioned earlier this week, um, earlier this episode, I should say, <laughs> The the lovely interview show we did with Xiao went very long. <laughs> so I had to dig through a lot of audio and video to pick the best bits for you guys. So I kind of had to put my writing on hold for a week. So I'm really excited to get back into that. And um, I'm going to try and get back into Call My Agent because uh, one – uh, I'm still technically sort of learning French on the side. Alex is a fluent French speaker. Um, it, it's Canadian second national language, so I maybe should learn it, but the West Coast is weird and they don't really speak it. Uh, plus, we do a lot of business. We're going to be doing a lot of business in our future in France, so it would be good to learn that. So I'm going to watch this show because, you know, watching programs in the language that you're trying to learn helps, right? We love France. As we love, we love France. France. Vive la France. Vive la France. So I'm going to get to watching that. Um, I'm definitely going to watch WandaVision tonight so that when the new episode comes out on Friday, I will be all caught up. And then I can be like, yo, Justin. And he'll be like, whoa. I'll be I'm like. assuming this. Oh, I forgot because I watched it so long ago. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And there's actually a bunch of films that I want to get to because we're also tinkering with the idea of um, picking up a feature film sometime this year, Justin and I are. Mm -hmm. There was a movie that came out at this that they actually shot at the start of the pandemic. So I was like, hey, if they were able to do this during all that craziness – then we could do the same thing. And it's called Malcolm and Marie. And it's on Netflix. And it's getting a bunch of award buzz. And it's got uh, John David Washington and 
uh, Zendaya in it. And it's literally a two-person story in a one-room like, thing. So I'm like, hey, if that's written really well, it was shot during a pandemic, I can adjust one of our many scripts that we've gotten written to cater for what we have available to us during these bizarre times we're in. So that's another thing that I want to get to just to watch it, just to sort of see. I'm not going to do the other stuff because that's a lot of work in a week. <laughs> Plus, if I'm already writing another script, I want to do that. Um, so, yeah, watch a bunch of shows, do some research, write some script pages. Um, you heard most of my final thoughts during my thoughts on all the counterculture stuff. Cancel. I wanted to have – why do I keep saying that? I don't know. You keep saying counterculture. I counterculture. I don't want to say the word cancel. <laughs> Because don't cancel us, people. Don't cancel us. Um, it's because my brain is set in a different generation, folks. I'm so old. And so old. I'm so old. <laughs> so um, old. I want to impart these final thoughts in that it is very important that you educate yourself on as many different opinions and avenues as you can before you form your own and express it to the world. Because coming at it from a place of um, ignorance can only lead to bad things. Mm-hmm. So please, folks, uh, take on board what we say, take on board what others say, take on board what uh, professionals in the field say, and form an, uh, an educated opinion it's the best way to talk about things with everyone is to learn from and never dismiss what someone else has to say either but make sure it's based off truths yes don't form an opinion based off of lies falsities and lies so folks uh, that's brought us to the end of Another riveting, exciting, and extraordinary episode. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Thanks for joining us in the bullpen once again. This is The Brove. And signing off. Mr. Fantastic. And our apologies if we came off too preachy. With all that counter <laughs> cancel culture. <laughs> counter cancel culture. You're fired. Gosh darn it.